Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing the Clone Wars Legacy arc, which was released on StarWars.com, as we'll tell you in a moment. But as usual on the Ion Cannon podcast, we have a couple of announcements first. So, Tom, you want to give us those? Yes, I can. Lucasfilm and Disney announced that there will be a season two of Star Wars Rebels. That came out this week, even before the first episode actually aired. We all saw the movie, but it's nice that before the first episode aired, there's already a season two. But... There's a downside. It appears that with this announcement comes the news that Greg Weissman will be leaving the show. He is to be replaced by Clone Wars and Star Wars veteran Henry Gilroy. He, Like I said, he's no stranger. He was on the first season of The Clone Wars, so we'll see what his involvement will bring to the second season. Now for the handheld gamers in there, Disney and Lucas has pulled Tiny Death Star and Star Wars Assault Team from the Apple and Google stores. Now, this is according to a statement given by Game Informer. The reason was so that Disney could focus on priority titles like Clash of Clans, like Star Wars Commander game. That's do they big... have to do any upkeep for these games? That, I don't so. That's so. the weird part is uh, the developer of the games came out and know, said that... Right? Yeah, they didn't know and said that they were still making money off of them. Right. Like, it's not like, you know, sales had, like, dropped or anything like that. The games were active. So, as far as... Got... I, I have a confession... I yep. have not played Star Wars Assault Team yet. It's been on my list. Yep, that's so I went through um, Star Tiny Wars Death Assault Star. Team. If I played that for a little while, didn't get super far into it, but like none of these are really online centric, having to maintain servers. Maybe Assault Team is Assault Team multiplayer. You know, it has some, but it's. it's I mean, you could easily just turn off like if they're worried about like maintaining multiplayer that's easy to just disable and say you can keep playing the rest of the game i don't know so i don't think it would the only reason i've heard is that disney wants to encourage people to go to the newest games they have because that's Mm -hmm. going to encourage like you want to keep people moving so people are trying new games and buying new games and so on right um i know that there's a lot of negative reaction from game developers who felt that like hey like you may not want to partner with disney on your game if they're just gonna be pulled like this yeah and and also i've i played star wars assault team I got to a certain point to where I I could not even get past the level. I mm-hmm. tried a different combination. I tried yeah, this. I tried that. It yeah. We, I I got know, to a we point ta- where we I talked up. about doing Star Wars Assault Team reviews, and it's yeah. It's a fun game. I love the concept. It is the Agreed. grindiest game I've ever yes. played. I just I hit a point where it's like I I can't get past this. I don't know what I'm supposed Correct. to like. I know what I'm supposed to do. I don't see how to do it. Yeah. Right. And then I think recently they did do an update to the game. But oh, now that I think they did, because I thought I saw it um, within the past, I say within the past month, they did an update okay. to the game. So something did change in it. I have been playing Star Wars Commander a bit more. There is that interact uh, interactability into it. You do have people who can come and attack your base. Um, I'm finding it a little bit more playable than Assault Team. And Tiny Death Star, I just gave up after a while. Yeah, no, I didn't get very far into Tiny Death Star at all. Yeah. Um, so. it's, it's an interesting thing and I'll be curious to see if this is a one-off strategy. Cause both of those games came out very quickly after Disney bought star Wars. Right. Maybe Disney didn't like reevaluate their plans and decide they didn't, you know, that's not something they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. 
but it it's odd. It, it's odd because for people who have spent money on the game, now what do they get in return? Because that's the thing yeah, I would that's... for me. Yeah, it, the, both of them are free to play games, but to progress forward, you need to spend money. And that's what I keep telling my kids. I don't understand a game that you have to buy to continue going forward, because if that game went away, you're left with nothing. I'd rather have something that's tangible in a game or something like if I were to do this, then you send me cards or something tangible instead of spending money on a game. Then if they were to pull the plug, it's gone. There goes your money. Right. Yeah, it's there. Uh, we could go into the whole design yeah, I know. of free to play games, yeah. which I'm totally open to doing at some point if we ever have a new one to review. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the moment, I, I'm going to say let's let's see what do we what do we want to go to next. Well, I think it's we, episode rundown for the Utapau arc. Actually, I do want to throw in something real quick. Oh, go ahead. Um, a couple things actually. Uh, one, uh, Angry Birds Star Wars. Uh, speaking oh. of games, has been updated for Star Wars Rebels. Oh, that's true. Uh, oh, so there's a oh. new Le- Rebels-themed yeah. uh, episode, which is pretty cool, or levels. Um, there's also uh, new StarWars.com episode guides for Rebels. Um, Fantastic. So I would highly recommend checking those out. They've got like, a lot of great behind-the-scenes content. Um, there's always video, one of the better uh, parts of uh, the Clone Wars. Exactly, yeah. The and yeah it's behind-the-scenes the concept guides. art. Yeah, so they've got, they've got the concept art. They have the episode recaps. Um, they have trivia, uh, a video for each episode, and also an interview, uh, in this case, with uh, Simon Kinberg. Um, so they're doing a great job, as usual, over on StarWars.com, so check those out. And uh, actually, in a surprise announcement, it looks like uh, the well, the, the, the first official episode of Rebels, Droids in Distress, is already available on the Watch Disney XD app. Uh, and and the website and it looks like this will be happening going forward as well so uh if you are a watch disney xd subscriber there is a good chance you will be able to watch all future episodes of star wars rebels a week before they air on tv uh over a week uh the at least the friday before a week and a half almost um so definitely check that out. We will be using that to review. So you can hopefully look forward to our reviews of Rebels um, right around the time the content comes out. Yep. So, yeah, definitely uh, it's an exciting time. Um, check out the second uh, or the first episode, Droids in Distress. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I enjoyed it because I, I like I liked the like, cameo that was in there. Uh, I, we're not going to spoil I, it? I, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying anything. I, I have, I haven't gotten it to it yet. I know, okay. but it's quite good. So check yes. it out. Not yeah. saying anything. Um, Great actually, cameo. And with that, we, wait, no, no, hang on. No, nope. go ahead. I was going to say this earlier when Tom mentioned it. Uh, the fact that we've already gotten a season two announcement is fantastic because oh, nothing says that the show is good like a, a a TV network or Disney in this case. Looking at the, what's not even come out yet, hasn't even seen fan reactions saying, you know what, this is good enough. We're confident enough in this show that we want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's a big statement of confidence on the part of Disney to renew it this early. It's a good sign. It oh, is yeah. a very good sign. So. so that's awesome. Congratulations to the Clone Wars crew. I'm sorry, Clone Wars crew. Rebels, Rebels. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> now to talk about Clone Wars. And actually, I do want to <laughs> plug one more thing because we did not plug this on our last episode. This week, we had the surprise opportunity to interview Vanessa Marshall. Yes. And uh, right. Stephen, you did a fantastic job um, interviewing job, her. Steven. With uh, Unfortunately, you know, uh, we were all at uh, 
We're all, it was just in the middle of the day, uh, middle of work Drop day, of but we were able to email. find hey. time within a, just a couple hours and a couple hours warning and, uh, and, and, and interview Vanessa, which was fantastic. She was a great guest to have on the show. Uh, we had the opportunity to interview her uh, alongside two of our fellow podcasters, uh, Eric from Forcecast and uh, Teresa from Jedi News. So uh, we, we all uh, co-interviewed her basically and then uh, in like a roundtable type fashion and then uh, posted it on our respective podcasts, which is really cool. Steven? And I have I have to say it was one of the most fun interviews I have ever done. Before we start, Tom, you saw her at WonderCon, right? As yes. part of the panel. Yeah, so, she was so, Tom, so excited. Tom texted me. He's like, yeah, like Vanessa's super excited. I'm like, OK, like, we'll see. Like I, I was if I had not been in my office, she would have had me jumping up and down in excitement. She's so, so yes. pumped about the show and Star Wars and fandom. And she's one of those one of those people that if you stuck her in a room, you know, she'll go, you know, 10 rounds with you on her Star Wars lore and everything. I'm wow. really excited to see more of her in, in Rebels. That's so awesome. So yeah. I, I have a I have a small confession to make. Uh, I was I was in the I was listening recording the the, the episode as Stephen was doing the talking because we were both um, <laughs> at work at work. <laughs> yeah, and, I, uh, I, I had to hear the recording a couple days later once it posted. So I actually haven't listened to the full thing yet because like uh, five ten minutes in uh, I got interrupted with real work and had to um, had to basically step <laughs> away. That's uh, not that bad. At we were talking. In fact, I think I asked her a question about a new dawn during the interview. I have not read a new dawn yet. <laughs> you, you better like, hurry yes, up because we're supposed to do a review of I that. Know, I know. I I'm now into chapter six. I think I sp- I sat down yesterday with a cup of hot chocolate and really started digging into it. Mm-hmm. But, so anyway, that's that's my little confession. Yeah. I I haven't actually listened to the interview yet, but it's already available on our on our podcast feed. So. Uh, check it out. It's actually the episode before, well, two episodes before this now, as you're as you're hearing it, because we uh, we also reviewed uh, Star or the first episode of uh, yeah, the show. we did Spark of the Rebellion. Yeah, so check it out. Um, it's two episodes old now, but I still wanted to plug it. And with that, should we get into the episode rundown, guys? Absolutely, let's do it. I guess I'll keep talking because I'm scheduled scheduled to do the episode rundown. Um, Clone Wars Legacy, Utapau story arc, episode one, A Death on Utapau. It was written by Daniel Arkin. Uh, I believe he's new to the to the Clone Wars. I don't um, recognize his name. I don't recognize the name at all either. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been a while, obviously, since we've reviewed new Clone Wars content. It's actually really exciting. That's you know, been, what, six mm-hmm. months? Yeah, um, yeah. So I believe Daniel Arkin's new. It's unfortunate that um, his episodes were never produced. Uh, I can just imagine how disappointed I'd be if I wrote some Clone Wars content and it never was released. Uh, and it was directed by Stuart Lee. Now, this is for the first episode. We're going to um, review all four as a, as a cohesive arc, basically. Um, and then we will give our rating at the end. And just to kind of caveat this here, um, the the show is unfinished, right? It yep. is, uh, it's basically story reels. So it, you can you can see uh, when characters are moving, like their legs aren't moving. They're kind of like just gliding along the ground. When they they look up, you can see giant holes in their necks. Everything looks unpolished, and um, they don't like their mouths don't move when they speak, and you know hair doesn't move. Uh, <laughs> that kind but of very stuff. very minimal very minimal facial reactions because that is in there, but not a lot. 
Exactly, yeah. exactly. And Tom, I'm sure if you wanted, you could you, you could explain um, some of the, uh, the idea behind why they do this on the show. Um, well, if, if I you, did that. Like, yeah, well, no, if I did that, we'd, we'd be here <laughs> for a long time. That's a whole time. episode on its own. I know, that's a whole episode in sure. and of itself. We, the short version is they use these to figure out uh, what what everything will actually look like uh, before they, they they invest the money. You don't want to invest, you know, 15 hours into that one scene no. and then realize that, oh, you know what, that actually, that camera angles are wrong. We should do this over. Right, yeah. so it, it gives you a really great idea of what the show would have looked like. Um, and I, the whole time I was watching, I'm like, I can just imagine uh, if I was, if I was, if it was an actual episode, I can imagine what it, what it might have looked like, um, and that was just, it's such a cool, such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unfortunate they never actually fully produced the episodes, but since you still have the voice acting, and you still have uh, like the basic shots and yeah, the, things moving yeah, around, the sound effects, the sound yeah, effects, the music, the music exactly, yeah. uh, it's enough that you can imagine it. And so it's so cool to actually have these yeah. released on StarWars.com free for everybody. So I just want to make sure people were who haven't maybe haven't seen it yet. Um, if you haven't seen it, you might want to pause. If you haven't seen it? Why are you listening? Why are you listening to us? <laughs> Absolutely. But Go to StarWars.com. Exactly. Uh, you have no excuse. Nope. Um, but I just want at least want to set expectations for for people there. So yeah, it, it's do not let the unfinished state fool you. This is one of the better Clone Wars arcs I think we got. Absolutely, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff within these episodes. You could just imagine what they would look like, fully animated, fully rendered, looking. Especially there, something that happens in that toward the end of the second there, episode the sec- and a couple the of the other things. Episode, I I honestly think if that scene had been finished, it would have been one of the coolest scenes we'd ever gotten in the Clone Wars. Yeah, like as a whole. Yeah, but we. Yeah, but we we need we need to get on to the actual what we should in the story arc, which, you know, the, the first episode you can you can think of it as like a a crime scene investigation episode because you've got Obi Wan and Anakin are sent to Utapau to investigate the death of a Jedi Master. Now we've never heard of this Jedi Master before, and I, I'm I'm guessing that the name was Tuan or something. I'm yeah. not. That's what it sounded sure. like. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Because even Wikipedia didn't have any write-ups on any of these episodes. It was very, very difficult to kind of pull some information out that really wasn't there. Um, but it's interesting because they land and they're met by, you know, one of the Utapau bigwigs that kind of looks at them and says that, you know, Jedis don't come here often. And, and when they do, they're they're kind of a harbinger of things to come. Um, as we get into the story she takes them to find this Jedi to on, on this thing. And this is the thing that got me. And I want to hear your, your comments on this. When Anakin's kind of using the force on her, she's supposedly dead, but he picks up a very unusual neurological activity inside her brain. So I guess after a Jedi dies, there's still some kind of brain function. There were, especially in this episode, I felt like there were a couple of sciencey points that just did not make sense to me. And this was one of them. Agreed. I, like, okay, so we've got some sort of, like, we know they're dead. We're not quite sure, like, how she died. And this mention of brain activity, like, what does that actually mean? Like, are, right. are they saying that, like, it's, like, incredibly abnormal, that it's it's some clue into how she died? I, it was kind of confusing to me. Yeah, I actually thought it was interesting that um, the Jedi can even detect unusual neurological activity. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I, I guess I hadn't really thought about that before um it's 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 fascinating we always get these new jedi powers i guess i was gonna say this episode kind of acts like 
uh, a mystery or a crime. Like you're, it, this is Law and Order Jedi unit, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> we even yeah, get the no, scene it, in the it, police it station. <laughs> yes, we like, did. Get the scene in the police station, the interrogations, the ah, I need you off this case. You know, all these sorts of things. But we start out with you know your very traditional like, okay, let's go to the crime scene and and see what happened. Uh, right. And so this this crime scene apparently takes place on the ledge of outside a building where Tuon was doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not really sure what is when uh, Obi Wan and Anakin first arrive. Right, and and they they do figure that out later. Um, but initially, Tuon's her presence on Utapau is kind of a mystery. Um, this tends to be a, a recurring theme, I think, with the Jedi. They don't always know what the uh, the rest of the orders doing. What the rest of the orders doing? Yeah, but it seems like there are. It's explained away as I guess she's a Maverick Jedi, like Qui Gon Jinn. Yes. To where they do have yep. the Jedi's that are Jedi, but I guess there are Mavericks, and Tuan happened to be one of them. And as she's trying to investigate this thing, I thought what was really cool was they use that little hologram thing to try and figure out her position. Again, crime scene investigation on this ledge. And they figured out that, well, she didn't fall because her body didn't have squish marks or, you know, compression marks. That on was, I, that, that I was funny. That. I was like, okay, <laughs> so they make this big point of, yeah, there's no there's no visible defects on her. And then they get out there and, and Anakin, like, legitimately asked, like, so you think she fell? No. <laughs> we established that already. Do we, do we need to do it again? Look, we, can, we can have the whole scene again. Anakin is not trained in crime scene investigation. So. No, no, he's not. He's also not he trained skipped to that deal class with animals later. Temple. Wait a minute, that's a spoiler there. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, so, I mean, they, they figure out that um, it was a laser dart that killed uh, Master Tuan. No, 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 not a laser dart, uh, an no, no, no. energy they, dart. Go, go. And it's I a don't precision. know what an energy dart is. Uh, they call oh, it a minute. laser it was dart. A precision laser dart. Precision right. laser dart. Oh, that's dart. right. You're right, you're right. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, still have no idea what the hell that is. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, more which than that, it apparently caused hit her in the optic nerve, causing a massive seizure, making her crawl and then die. Yeah. Okay. Just right yeah. there on the. I, I guess. Sure. I, I can. Live with that. I can live with that. No, I cannot live with that. I thought that was. <laughs> it was well, the one. Not even the that. It was. Like, it was the. Yes. Okay. So, you're telling me that this person has been first of all. Like killed. Okay, fine. They've been shot. I can accept right. that. But now they're they were hit by a, a precision laser dart to the eye, but yeah, it left yeah. to it, the eyeball. Yes. But it left no like visible. visible evidence. How does? Can you explain that to me, please? How does this work? Well, okay. Look, I, the Utapau Police Department just is terrible. Yeah, I mean that. That is. Yeah, the, the is just UPD is just horrible. Yeah, Got it. I mean. I mean, they, they were so bad that once Anakin and Obi-Wan were able to figure out what room the shot came from, they never saw that purple goo that was on the floor. And you have to admit, one of the best lines was with this purple goo, Obi-Wan sits there, looks at, looks at Anakin and says, don't touch it. And what does Anakin say? Too late. I touched it. <laughs> I, one of my favorite parts like about the fact that this was an animatic is the goo was this like yes. flat plate and a- Anakin's got it on his hand. He's like waving a, a like a plate around essentially. <laughs> yep. Like one of those ones was like, okay, this wasn't supposed to be funny, but that's actually pretty funny just because of like yeah. how it's set up. Right. The, then you've got, I mean, you've got the two of them in this room and, and what is it with toy Darians? You know, toy Darians are like, they I put think their nose. Naturally scummy. Uh, they, just, they are scummy, but they put their nose into things. And then when somebody calls them out, they're like, who me? It's like, who do you think they were talking about? You're, you're the only one in the room. 
See, that was one of those things. I kind of wonder if there were supposed to be more people in that room that hadn't been added yet, because that was a really odd line where they're like, who else would I you be talking to? There's no one else here. Very true. Possible, at least. But yeah, it was watch all in all of these episodes. It's interesting to see Anakin kind of definitely being on that dark path. He's he's like yes. very uh, direct about how he deals with all of the problems. So the Toydarian's not being instantly cooperative. Anakin is ready to throw him up against the wall and put a lightsaber in his face. Mm-hmm. There was no hesitation on Anakin's part whatsoever. Well, it was he was definitely playing the bad cop in this episode. And if you get into the second. The second one, you could definitely say he was the bad cop and Obi-Wan yeah. sitting there because I think at one point, even Obi-Wan was saying that he is the negotiator. So he was playing the good cop. So this was definitely a cop feel to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Obi-Wan and Anakin quickly realize that, you know, OK, there there must be uh, we know about a, a droid with red eyes. And everyone's like, ah, it must be Grievous's droids. And Anakin rightly points out, no, there there are lots of droids that have red eyes. <laughs> So the, the th- thing I found interesting was that apparently um, if a droid can kill a Jedi and is red-eyed, it's a Magna Guard. Um, it must be. It, it appears. I, it must be. I wasn't aware that, I don't know, the, the Magna Guards were truly Jedi killers. In uh, this I always episode, was, I'd say they definitely were. They were, I, sure. one of the things I liked is they felt really threatening in this episode. They did. Yeah. Yes, they did. Whereas yes, I feel like did. in episode three, they were more like bodyguards. Exactly. Uh, and they really didn't do much. This episode really established them as more fearsome, uh, fearsome droids. So I, I did, I did enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they head to the governor's office. Actually, no, first they're in the, they're in the, the UPD, the police department. And That's just for side note, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting how everyone in the background was completely frozen. They're just all standing there, and it's only like the main characters in the obviously because it's an animatic, but it was, was kind of, I'm oh, sorry, right. uh, story real, but it was kind of cool to see. Um, but uh, so the Jedi, Obi Wan and, and Anakin, um, go to visit the governor of Utapau, and you know, he's like, No, he's no, guilty. there's no separatists oh. here. Uh, it, was, I, it was one of those classic cop movie like type yes. TV shows where like, hat, like five minutes, you're like, That guy. It's him. I know it's him. And he's part it, of it. It took three episodes to, to confirm that. But we mm-hmm. did find out that, that, yes, in fact, the uh, governor of Utapau is dirty. Yeah. And I'd say, I actually, I wasn't sure. I didn't hear his name. I thought it might have been the same Utapauan who was there in episode three. Tion Madan? Yeah, sure, him. <laughs> I do <laughs> not know his name. Tion Madan's awesome. Yeah, wait, 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 sure. wait, wait. There's no Whatever. law here. Unless yeah, you brought it with you. But but it couldn't have been him because, well, we're jumping ahead. Well, so exactly. Um, so Yeah, so uh, I didn't know that at the time. But at well, the that's moment, true. I you, thought You had to watch all him. four episodes to see that it wasn't him. I thought yeah. this might have been showing Utapau joining the Separatists, which in a sense it which, was. So, I can see. So yes, I can see. I thought it was going to feed into episode three a little more directly. Here's the problem I yep. have with you. Well, not necessarily a problem, but the slightly confusing aspect of this episode was that... Um, you know, in, in episode three, uh, Obi-Wan arrives on Utapau and, um, you know, the, the kind of the assumption was that there wasn't a Separatist presence there and they were able to track Grievous to Utapau. Uh, and Grievous was meeting with all the Separatist leaders. Um, and it's kind of established that, oh, no, the Separatists are not here. Um, they say the exact same thing in this episode so I, with, to the exact same character, Obi-Wan. And so part of me wonders, like, 
why did why did Obi-Wan assume or why, why didn't he just automatically figure out, oh, of course the separatists are there because last time I was told there's no uh, there's there's no <laughs> separatists here. They they really were there. Um, so I don't know. It, it was interesting how how they talk about how uh, Utapau has long been a target of the separatists and, you know, the separatists haven't made any progress with the Utai and the Powans. So they tried to enlist the help of the Armani, Ar- Armani, a new species that we did not see in mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we previously thought there were mm-hmm. only two species on Utapau. Uh, and so they tried to make an alliance with the Armani so they could make inroads. But I found this this whole dynamic really interesting uh, and a little bit confusing uh, overall. I kind of wonder when... I feel like I'm kind of monologuing here, so feel free to jump in. But I, I kind of wonder, when was okay. this episode set? I mean, obviously based on the next so episode, I think... it's post content that we've seen at least post yep. at least obviously it's season six um mm-hmm. post ahsoka leaving the jedi order we'll get into that in right um but how long before revenge of the sith because so i i wonder if we're reading more into the episode three line than there should have been because I, I think we I, are like even in this okay. in this arc there is no war on Utapau per se Utapau was used as a staging point but there's not really a lot of conflict here mm-hmm and I wonder if that's what is being referred to. Is that there's no, there's not a separatist base there. There's not like an active conflict. But, and I guess that, that like, would still be true later on as well. Exactly. Even if the separatists like, are there again. Yeah. Like, my, there's my, there's war everywhere in the galaxy at this point. That's kind yeah. of the point of it being the Clone Wars. Right. And my biggest thing when it, when it came to watching all four of these episodes was, I think Stephen at some point it was established or it was mentioned that Anakin is not really supposed to meet Grievous until he sees him in Revenge yes. of the Sith. Which is oh, what made this whole, this whole arc really fascinating to me. Right. Because I'm I'd, watching I'd this episode. I actually totally forgotten about that. Yes. Because I... They, did they pro- preserve that? Yeah. It. it oh, yes. I, I was watching... I watched this whole arc. I think after the, the second episode, I started watching this arc saying, okay... Are they going to blow up continuity or kind of mess with continuity about Anakin meeting Grievous for the first time in Sith? So I watched it with a keen eye. Yep. Yeah. And it appears they kept it true. There's only one time he could have had a look at Grievous, and that was when they were pushing the crystal through the ship. But that was like a really quick thing. But there was never any actual interaction between Anakin and Grievous. And to be fair, you know, Anakin does say, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. And right. um, he couldn't really see his height from that far away. So even if they did kind of well, make eye contact. But, but it was it, it was more so. It is to be a jab at Grievous, too. So that's the, true. I, as long as they didn't, like, stand face to face, that line will continue to work. Exactly. And they didn't. So right. I think they did a right. fantastic job. I was, I was like, uh-oh, how are they going to do this? And Correct. they did a pretty darn good job. Yeah, because you you still saw the interaction between Obi Wan and Grievous. Okay, that was fine because they had the lightsaber battle. So it's like there there have been lightsaber battles between them all along. It was watching with that keen eye about Anakin, and they did like William you said they did a great job keeping that separate. Yeah, and so we'll talk about this a little bit later, I'm sure. Another thing I was really excited to see was how well they did the uh, how well Grievous was handled in this episode. Yep. So if you think about some of our season one Grievous episodes, the biggest problem was that Grievous was no longer a threat. Right. Oh, he gets he gets you know defeated every time we he see runs. him. Yeah, Grievous still comes out of this fight behind, or sorry, this arc 
but he feels like he was impactful, which is he felt like he was a threat. Anytime he was yep. in the room, it's like, oh, we need to be careful. Or they right. need to be careful. Not we. I'm I'm not a Jedi. I, I right. couldn't fight Grievous. That was well, not a Jedi yet. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Well, we, yeah, no problem. Well, we, we, we kind of got a little bit off track because, you know, there oh, was a... a well, a little off track, but there was that really great battle scene when they finally figured out there were Magna Guards. And it's funny because you have... Here's Obi-Wan saying, you know what? We need one of these Magna Guards because we need to get information from him. And they're doing this great lightsaber battle. And it's like, great fighting Danny. And Anakin yells back as he's fighting his Magna Guard. It's like, I mean, fighting his Magna Guard. Anakin's like, you know what? Let's make it your Magna Guard because you know what? I- I'm done with this. He Anakin literally just so bloodthirsty this episode. Oh, oh my God. Because I just love it how when he destroyed his Magna Guard, it was like, oops, I broke it. After it was like, you know what, I'm done with this fight. It's just done. And they're like, oops, I broke it. And it was, I, again, it was one of those things. The Magna Guards felt really, really cool here. Like, they yeah. felt dangerous, which is something that, like, Clone Wars has struggled with in the past, with enemies that don't feel like they are even worth being afraid of. Correct. And, like, what, Obi-Wan did not fare well against his Magna Guard, although he lost his lightsaber, which, you know, is well, not he did. particularly. He lost his lightsaber. He still did take him down, but... Yeah. But it was it was a thing to where once they got that little um, kind of brain scanner on him, the Magna Guard mm-hmm. did fry himself, but they were able to pull out the information before the Magna Guard fried himself. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. To see them try to get all this information from the Magna Guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they so they get a picture of one of these Armani, and uh, he shows up a couple of times in later episodes. He's got a little nose ring. Um, but they re- he's uh, told by the... the what do you call them? Uh, the other Udipawans. I'm blanking. Whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a plain Armani. You'll have to go out and talk to them there. And I love this little look we get as with uh, Tuan's funeral at the very end, where Anakin and Obi-Wan are like, yeah, we're going to keep investigating. And the Udipawans just kind of share this look like, oh, great. That's yeah. the last thing we wanted to hear. <laughs> well, well, remember, they did say that Jedi are a harbinger of not good things. So oh, this episode, figure, I would say, proves them proves that pretty effectively. It, it, yes, it does, because it leads right into the second episode that was in search of the crystal that was written by Daniel Arkin. And this was directed by Bosco Ning. The Ford, Jedi fortune cookie was the journey is often more important than the destruction or destination. I'm sorry. Yes, there's destruction, too. <laughs> A lot of it in this case. Um the synopsis is Obi-Wan and Anakin's investigation on Utapau continues, and they allow themselves to be captured by weapons dealers, which I have to say were pretty cool, who possess a functioning or focusing crystal of unspeakable power. Oh, snap. Oh, uh, wow. That was very smooth, I, by the way, Tom. i got to give you credit on that one. Yeah, oh, that was an um, amazing segue. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I thought I'd give it a try. I just kind of blew a couple things here and there, but it worked. But yeah, so for me, this this is where the episode really kicks off, or yeah. the arc kicks off. Right. The first, the Absolutely. first episode kind of is a lot of a lot of setup, but the second episode, we, it's like this is how Anakin and Obi Wan are meant to be. Like that's the yeah, only way I can like I can think. They're they're uh, bantering back and forth throughout the entire episode, just like you feel like this is this is what we need to see bef- before episode three. Right. This is this well, is why every like. Obi-Wan is so heartbroken. This is like so many parts of this episode were just fantastic. Oh, right. And 
Oh, oh man. Okay, so. <laughs> but, so I, I jumped ahead. Yeah, because I wanted that to be like to flavor our discussion. But okay, now, let's so. Yeah, we get William started. takes. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Somebody, somebody needs to continue to to get into the meat of the episode. So, um, the episode starts with Anakin and Obi-Wan flying into trouble. Uh, so they, they, they go to the local Armani village and, uh, you know, Anakin rushes into, in, Hey, this is obviously the place. And oh. they get this nice no, little, they can't have weapons that'll shoot us down. Yeah. Oh, they no, get this, this nice they get shot down immediately. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, they do. Because they have precision laser darts shot at them. <laughs> yeah, thankfully that was, I think the last mention of them in this episode. Yes, I think it was. If I never hear the word precision laser dart again, it'll be too soon. I, I think we can just assume it's like a sniper. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I guess. Would that be okay with you, Steven? Yeah. No, I just I want it to never I want to never hear it again. But you want it to be killed with a precision laser blast? No. Anyway. Okay. My my my, my only troubling thing anyway. about this. My my only troubling thing about this. I'm not gonna say it. Mm. But if it is supposed to be. If it's supposed to be that precise, why is an Armani villager the one that's shooting it? If they're supposed to be, um, there was, there was, there was nothing in the movie. I, I, because because they're supposed to be good shots. They're not supposed to be these these planes, you know, Armani. The uh, the basically the way I took them as they weren't able to pull off a precision shot. Yet here yeah. they are. They you know. they were they came in a little on the primitive side of things. There, that's what I meant. I meant primitive. There you go. But so they attack the village. They all scatter. And again, like an amazing moment of humor from this episode. And an episode that like it wasn't meant to be funny, but it really was. Like they all scatter in different directions. And then Obi Wan walks around and is like, oh yes, look at this. We need to follow this one. And yep. Anakin's like, how would you know? <laughs> They all scattered in random directions. Like, no. And everyone's like, yes, they scattered. And it was it was just an amazing interaction. And so they, sorry, that, well, that it was, was funnier in my head when I was retelling it. It was a really funny scene. I don't remember the exact dialogue. You have to watch it. It was good. Yeah. yeah. But then the, the big moment of the episode. Oh, I, I love, I love, 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 love this scene. And yeah. I, like, so... I've got, just for our viewers, I've got our show notes open. And normally we try and be kind of high level in our show notes, just kind of the big points we want to touch on. And Tom put almost every single line from this yep. conversation between Obi-Wan and Anakin in. And I, it, is, it is, I almost want to read them back verbatim because they're just that, I, I they're that, they're that important. Yes, I, I, but, literally, I literally did this almost word for word. There is one section in which I think I left out a sentence or something, but yep. you get the first part of it and you get the last part of it. And it was mm -hmm. a very, I would have to say out of the whole of seasons, all six seasons of the clone wars, this was probably one of the one pieces of interaction between Anakin and Obi-Wan that had so much weight to it because it covered so much yeah. between them, especially at the, the end of it. The, the last oh, yeah. lines Obi Wan speaks uh, before uh. he goes to, before he goes to sleep. Uh, I will say that, but that last line was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. So who wants this, to get into this part? I'll, so I'll start it because okay. So this is something that we talked about for wanting to see from the Clone Wars for a long time. Yep. Like, we don't necessarily want the show to be like a big story arc from start to finish, kind of in the Battlestar Galactica style. Like, right. I don't think. 
this that would work for the Clone Wars. So what we got instead were these nice little three and four episode story arcs, which is perfect. Yep. What was missing from the show for so long it was any sense that these are story arcs are connected. You know, something major would happen to a character and then it never gets mentioned again. This was what I wanted to see from the entire show. This Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin starting off a conversation, being like, oh, yeah, we can have Ahsoka to help, and then stop. That moment where you realize that even though, you know, that happened a season ago, yep. he's still feeling it. It was perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, remember, at the end of season five, everybody was so upset because they just, Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order, and that's it. Anakin and Obi-Wan never speak of her again. Not in the nope. films, obviously. Not in the Clone Wars series. It's like she just disappeared from the galaxy. Um, and this episode really addresses that. And um, it it humanizes everyone in it yeah, to such right. a great degree. You you feel Anakin's pain that his apprentice is gone. Yep. And, and it was very well crafted. Very mm-hmm. well written. Very well voice acted. It was you really felt the weight of when when Obi-Wan breaks the ice and just says, like you said, dwelling on her will not bring her back. And then Anakin, Anakin just flat out says, I miss her, okay? But my thing was, he was surprised she left the Order. I look at it this way. It was the Order that left her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, it was one of those moments that I really loved where you can... Oh, and uh, sorry, Obi-Wan makes this comment about how, yes, you know, the order made some mistakes, but she let her emotions get the better of her. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's that moment where you realize the biggest problem with the Jedi Order is that they they demand perfection. And when you don't meet up, that's like you run into problems. And I feel like that is exactly what what Ahsoka ran aground of. Like, what was she supposed to do in the scenario? Anakin sees that like this is entirely unreasonable. But Obi-Wan can't. Right, and and it was Anakin that comes back and says, you know what, that it's like what the Jedi Order did, it was wrong because you know she was one of us, but to have Obi Wan come back and said that she made the decision, okay, and yeah. Anakin saying, you know, what choice did we give her? It was the Council that turned their back on her. Yep, and and, and it's it, fascinating because you know what, to hear the different points of view on this, right? She yeah. she should have stayed no matter what, and uh, yep. which is what some some fans said and. We didn't give her a choice, which is the uh, the other fans. The Jedi, she, obviously, she had to leave. She couldn't stay anymore. And right. so it was so so cool to hear them voicing those two opinions and how upset you, you can tell how upset Anakin is and how much he misses mm-hmm. Ahsoka. You know, uh, we don't really know what what happens to her, but at least they're they're talking about it. And you know, Obi Wan right. saying you, know, you well, can't well, take responsibility Obi-Wan... for her dis- dis- her decision. Um. So. And then the conversation turns. And which, then, oh, yes. But yes, that was, was good. Amazing question yeah. from Anakin. How would you feel if I was this, as if I was as big of a disappointment to you? And Obi-Wan's like, no, you would never, you could never disappoint me. It's not the same. <laughs> and that's and just I'm like just a knife like, oh, to the heart. It's Obi-Wan, like, oh, no. just give it a couple of months. <laughs> I know, but but you also have to look at it this way. I mean, when you have Obi Wan come back I'm and say it's not the same, right now, so. I know. But, <laughs> and, and and here's here's after Obi Wan says it's not the same. Anakin comes Anakin comes back with the best lines. I think it's precisely the same. You took me under your wing and practically raised me. I'm your was... Padawan, just like Ahsoka was mine. How well would you sleep knowing that I failed you? 
and Obi Wan's not well. Yeah. You know, and, and then and, then and, he comes sorry, back, and at, luckily that isn't true, and never will be. Yeah, yeah. and you're he, like, ah. Uh. It was this <laughs> like I would have watched five episodes just to get like I would have watched a season of terrible te- Clone Wars just yes. for this line. I mean, he yes. says, you know, how, how would you feel, and you know, how would you sleep, and and and, and Obi Wan says, not very well. Luckily, that'll never happen, or luckily that's not true, and it'll never happen. Yeah. Like <sighs> Obi Wan. No, don't say that. If only you knew just how much Anakin would disappoint you. And and how much, like months. you said, the foreshadowing of what's mm-hmm. to come. I mean, now you have to give credit to the writer for this. I mean, I am sure Filoni was in on this. Um, everybody was in on this to make sure these words really resonated. But I would love to have seen this fully animated. I, I mean, you still get the power by the voice acting. You and still I have to say that that is man. really what carries it here, right? Yeah. yeah They're the, sitting on a plane yes, in the middle absolutely. of nowhere. You know, Obi Wan's lying down. Anakin's like sitting with his back turned. There, they wouldn't have had a lot of movement anyway. I think I, it was. It was Obviously, very. Would have had the facial expressions, but right. But that whole scene, William, you're correct. Where they where it took place was very minimalistic because the concentration of that scene was the dialogue and interaction between the two characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful how it was done but then again it leads into the next part of it after this really really intense scene the next thing you end up seeing is obi-wan and anakin who is supposed to be awake during this time well so yeah so anakin says no it's okay i'll i'll take watch and i'll like and you know and Obi's like okay i'll take second watch wake me when you're ready right uh then they wake up and they're being captured (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it was a plan it was supposedly a plan you know, and this is Anakin just like right there. So this is another one of those things I really appreciate about the the old or uh, the uh, old Jedi Order, and the way Anakin and Obi Wan operate. Nothing phases them. They no. are there is never a moment when they look at a situation and say we're screwed. Yeah, this is everything is an opportunity. Everything is solvable, is doable. It's it's amazing. Yeah, like I just I love watching them work, if you will. And, and in this one, in this one, you do see, uh, you know, I found this interesting, you know, that the Suvi warriors, which that's another thing I would love I think they were Sugi? To, I Sugi? thought it was a G. Sugi, yeah. Okay, my bad. The, the, the Sugi warriors, I would love to have seen them animated because have we ever seen, no, we have seen the spider type thing with, with, um. Well, they, these were kind of different. They were, they were quadrupeds, which was really interesting. And yeah, I would have loved to have seen them animated because they were, they were, they were intentionally kind of primitive and stupid. And yeah. I really well, wanted to see well, what sort of weird walk they would have. True. And and as you mentioned, the primitive and stupid. Okay, you never please people. If you ever have a lightsaber, they tell you never look down the barrel of something. Never <laughs> look down the so barrel painful. of lightsaber like, because it was brutal you know, watching it was Anakin brutal, turn that but, thing on. And it was an it was, it's it's a story reel and it still looks it's, brutal. It was brutal. But it was it was one of the it's like, please, and it was so brutal. Even on story reel, you could see the button through force press uh-huh. activate. I I, mean, I would have been surprised if that had actually made it onto Cartoon Network, um, even even Netflix. But oh my gosh, such a great scene! I think it would have made it to Netflix. There was no way it would have made Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just shows how far really the show has come since mm-hmm. had come since it's it started out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy, 
I mean, it was such a brutal, dark move for Anakin, too. He's just looking at the lightsaber and turns it on with the force, with the force, and right through the, right through the And head. then you have Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan come back to say, was that really necessary? <laughs> yes. After Anakin says, I warned him. It it's was, like, I told him. I really liked Anakin be like, can you guys understand me? Yeah, we're funny. planning our big escape. <laughs> okay, we're good. Yeah, that <laughs> so was So how do you want to escape? Yes. And of course, there's the one guy who actually can talk. He, yeah. You find out a little bit later. Yeah, and, and, and he had enough. I mean, he just had enough. And it was like, th- then you get Obi-Wan that really gets to the point where it's like he's going to start negotiating. Okay. And, yes, he and I, loved, I loved watching their style. Obi-Wan's like, yes, we're here for the weapons. And he's like, you, you want to buy the weapons? Yes, those weapons. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, definitely. Whatever you say. And then, and then it was the, you know, you know, let's let's take us to the big man. And OK, that was a big man we found out later. I don't so I don't maybe there was one point during this episode where these guys were talking and they sounded exactly like Bane, like that same sort of like, I don't I can't do it. Like, oh, the the yes, Batman. It's one no, of these. Sorry, no, 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 no. Cad no. Bane. Wrong oh, Cad Bane. Bane. Cad Bane. Sorry. Sort of like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about I can't do the electronic effect on my voice. Okay. No, I know uh, it's But they actually sounded about. really similar, I thought. Right. Uh, but yeah, so the, we had this weird little guy riding around on a speeder who, like, oh, you want to buy the crystal? And everyone's like, yes, the crystal. Uh-huh. That's why we can't We'll here. take it. We'll pay you double. In fact, we could, yes, we want this crystal. So they, they end up going to a ship where I guess the, this crystal is going to be. And, you know, yeah, there's nothing a lot of walking in planes here. I felt kind of bad for Obi-Wan and Anakin. Do they have water yeah. during this? They just like marching through a desert the entire episode. Oh, well, who they're knows? Just... It might not have been an actual desert. Maybe they're going to animate, you know, add other things in post. Eh. You know, they're Jedi. Jedi, they, they can desert like. <laughs> I mean, you, you I mean, they're called. Consider... OK, maybe not a desert, but they were it was definitely planes. Yes. There, like we know it's the Plains Armani tribe. Yep. Yes. And and you'd have to, you know, take into consideration they are Jedi because who else you're you're you put into a cell and you could tell the two of them are like, you know what, we're done with this. We, we want to get away. We got to break out of this, and continue moving the story point forward. So what does Anakin do? Anakin takes out his guards, frees Obi-Wan. They get out. It's like, OK, they don't they don't have anything. And. Was it the point where he finally picks up the gun before he grabs the two lightsabers? Yeah, so they get out and they have no weapons. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so they have Continue no weapons. The and so they, and these are these guys sell weapons. So Anakin goes in. And I just love that scene where Anakin's like, huh, what do I, well, this is pretty cool. And he p- picks up that big, like, odd rifle and it opens. just like, don't you think that's a little heavy? Yes. And it's like, yes, yeah, yeah, I guess. It was like, this, this is how Jedi shop. Like they yes. they go shopping for guns and then look at what they have available, and, and then and Anakin th- picks up the two like Django Fett style blasters, and this was one of the coolest scenes. If this had been fully animated, I this honestly been- think it would not like best scene in the Clone Wars. Well, I I will Anakin say this. Going... When... Sorry, go ahead. I, no, I I I was gonna say that to watch the head shots, mm-hmm. if you really watch the animatic. They were headshots. Oh, yeah. The headshots, like the way he was firing out of the mist. Yeah. Just the in, that entire sequence was so cool. And I like Obi-Wan just like, no, I would rather go weaponless than and pick up one brains. of these blasters. 
Yep. And it really reminded me of uh, the Phantom Menace in many ways. You know, that scene uh, where they're, they're escaping the Trade Federation ship and yes. uh, they're getting gassed. Yep. Because um, uh, the way they come out of the smoke. But it was just so cool. And you had you know, Anakin wielding the, the two, the blaster, and, uh, and Obi-Wan there with his lightsaber. It was, it was a great scene. Well, you missed just that little bit. Before the lightsaber ended up showing up, you did miss yeah, that one My point. favorite scene is... They kill all of the first guards, and Obi-Wan just looks at Anakin like, oh, what, you think that was cool? I'm not impressed. <laughs> and then the guy immediately turns the corner, mmm, impressive! <laughs> and then Anakin obviously, like, flips the guy's the lightsaber on the guy's belt on, decapitates him, takes the lightsaber, and then Obi-Wan's like, okay, that was impressive. That was yes. impressive. Yes. 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 Which is uh, oh, such a great scene. All of it. I wish I could have seen it fully animated. Oh, I know. Absolutely. And of course, the episode ends with Anakin and Obi-Wan discovering pretty much the largest kyber crystal you've ever seen. Yep. Enormous. And that's where we uh, take a break. That's where the episode ends. Yeah. Episode three of uh, the Utapau arc, Crystal Crisis. It was written by Daniel Arkin. Again, he wrote this whole arc. And directed by old Clone Wars veteran Mm -hmm. Brian Kellen O'Connell. Uh, the Jedi fortune cookie is uh, an absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's a very familiar saying. Yes, yeah, it I'm is. Very surprised. I, it didn't really apply in this episode that I noticed, at least. Uh, well, uh, well, maybe. Anyway, we can we can cover that later. But we pick that up might immediately. Be a stretch. Yeah, with Anakin Obi Wan saying, "Hey, we got to get this crystal out of here. There's no way we can leave this here. No, <laughs> kind of important. So let's just take the ship we're in." Yep. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. So they go to the cockpit, prepare for takeoff, and never mind. <laughs> Does Sabotage. not work. Okay, so what do they do? Um, they they find a giant creature to. Uh, oh, they go what? to find a beast of burden. Yes. Yeah. And I just again, I love the play between the two, where Obin's like, okay, like you go get like go find a creature we can we can borrow or steal or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Anakin's like, why don't you do it? Creatures like you better anyway. <laughs> like, just so many great little moments that, you know, they, they call back to things we've seen before. Just well, fantastic. Th- there, there's one other line that we kind of missed, and this was a very fun line to where they're in a little, little interaction back and forth, and it's like, you know, next time we'll bring Master Windu. And okay. the comeback is, yeah, because he's loads of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I felt kind of bad for Mace Windu. Does it's like no one wants to hang out with him because he's just like I don't know too. Oh, serious, he's too straight lace. He's too straight lace. Yeah, poor Mace, poor Mace. Um, you know, but meanwhile the 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 Sugi, Sugi um, they're talking with 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 Dooku, and they're like, yes, we'll make the exchange with you uh, for the Kyber Crystal, obviously, uh, at the port because the Kyber Crystal has been stolen. And they don't actually have the Kyber Crystal. So he's trying to trick Dooku and be like, yeah, sure, we'll uh, we'll totally exchange the Kyber Crystal for you. But you know what? Instead of coming to, to my place, how about I meet you at the spaceport? Because uh, it'll be easier for you. I felt kind of bad for Dooku in this episode because yeah. like, even this guy who is the smartest of the Sugi, not very smart. Like, I, just, I love the – there's a line – I think it was actually in the previous episode. Like, oh, Dooku's like, yeah, kill the Jedi. He's like, oh, we'll kill the Jedi for double – and Dooku's like, uh, you'll get what you deserve. 
And he's like, and then he like the call ends, and Dooku and the Sugis are me like, yeah, we're gonna get paid double. It's like that yeah. is. Have you never seen a bad guy before? He's going getting to kill paid you. what you deserve have... is not like all it's cracked up to be. It's like, have you ever worked with Dooku before? Or have you ever with like any villain? Like, are you a henchman? You're you're gonna die. Just yeah. Just yeah. assume if you're being paid something by the villain, he will kill you first. You know, in, in episode, episode three, like, yeah, yeah, we'll take care of the separatist leaders, and of course, Anakin beheads all of them, so kills them all. You know, um, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, one of my again another amazing moment in this episode. Obi Wan is of course trying to get the uh, um, the saddle for the beast of burden, and he yes. goes and picks one up, and it and an Armani comes up and looks at him, and Obi Wan does you know his little hand wave. Ah, you want to give these to me? And the Sugi stares at him for a moment, and then waves back. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yes, thank you. you. Like I didn't know I was missing that in Star Wars, and. I like I am a better person for having seen that scene. <laughs> okay, so they're they're inside the ship and they're looking at the crystal that's hovering above them after they find their beast of burden, which wasn't the beast that Anakin was kind of pushing. It ended up being just a beast that just walked up out of nowhere. Um, and then they find the little hover cart. They put it underneath the crystal, and you know they have to get ready it, to cut it down. That's right, and and it had to drop and and somehow without crushing that repulsion. Wait, 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 wait. Do we? Are we using the force on three, or are are we are we cutting first and then the force? Or and Obi Wan's like, why don't we why don't we do both? Like force with go. one hand and cut with one hand. And like, then, is that is that an actual problem with Jedi? Do you have to like figure out how to do which order to do these things in? They're like, Jedi. I, they can. I, I love the banter with them throughout the entire episode. It was yeah, just. So I really cool. did. Yeah, you know they're they're trying to use the force to 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 bring it down and you know they carefully lift it and it's like clunk at the end. Um, and of course the basically the platform starts to break. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having trouble getting the beast to move. So what do they do? Which I thought this was funny. <laughs> they basically put like you know a carrot on a stick and lead yeah. the beast through the desert on I'm this like, on this oh, really plane. slow this really slow repulsor whatever it is and it's just like do di do di do di do with like, oh. whatever piece of fruit in front of it. <laughs> you guys, I kept expecting everyone to stop paying attention and the beast to like eat the piece of fruit. Eat it. Yes. Find another one. Expecting the same thing. You know, and then because the because the beast was getting was so slow, Grievous actually not Grievous, but the uh, the Sugi and their leader, that little guy, ended up catching up with them. Yeah, and we got a, a really cool fight scene. And again, just showing the Sugi aren't very smart. They did not last very long. No, just they didn't. Like let let's fly straight. <laughs> but the other thing about it is we got to see something about why the Separatists want that crystal. Because as soon as any kind of laser blast hit that crystal, it ended up magnifying the power of that. And it ended up magnifying it back at them, which also was pretty brutal because a lot of those guys got cut down. Or disintegrated. Yeah, it was. Yes, or disintegrated, too. It was at this point that I started wondering where this crystal comes into play. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. So, and actually, did you guys, I don't know how much, do you remember Battlefront 2 at all? I do. So there's a mission on uh so you plays the 501st in battlefront 2 and there's a, a scene uh on what planet was it where is kiati moody where does he die it's not Utapau. uh uh i'm blanking uh, on uh, not kid no, wasn't, um, wasn't it snow is it Salukamai? Salukamai. Okay. you sure pretty sure i'm gonna go with william okay well whatever planet it is and he's on that planet uh leading his troops and they recover a large crystal 
which uh, in the cutscene we find out is going to be used as part of the Death Star. And we, like there, we see a crystal that takes energy, magnifies it, and kind of shoots it out in large green beams that blow things up. And I kind of wonder if that's if that's actually at the heart of the Death Star somewhere is this this crystal or another crystal like it. I would I imagine it's going to be something like be. it. But so we get this nice running battle as uh, Anakin and Obi Wan approach the sinkhole where the you know the big Utapauan city is. Uh, you know, a battle on the ledge. Grievous shows up and is attacking them. Oh no no no! My Guido, my Guido. Thank you. I knew yeah, it wasn't. That, it was not Saluka. My I, I knew yeah. I was. Uh, okay. Close enough. My Guido. I I, I I remembered it. No, it's it's my Guido. They're totally different. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But so they we get to the. Uh, we start, uh, Grievous shows up. We're fighting with him. Some really, another really cool fight scene where uh, Obi Wan is on the back of the hover cargo or hover cart, whatever you want to call it, and uh, is fighting the uh, mag, magma droids. Magna guards. Magna guards. Thank you. Yep. An N, not an A. That's uh, right. Just a a really cool scene. Like I again, I I would have loved to have seen a lot of these fights yeah. more, better animated. And then, and then you have Grievous with the Sugi leader. They're sitting there talking back and forth, trying to figure out what's going on. Where's my crystal and all that? And oh, it's on its way, Grievous. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, I mean, don't worry. Sure, you know what, Grievous? It's on its way. It's nothing to lose your head about. It will be here in any moment. And what does Grievous do? Cut his head off. Thank you. Whenever <laughs> in doubt, <laughs> cut people's heads off. It always motivates them. Again, I'm just. It was so brutal. I know. It is just, it, it's amazing. It is amazing to see how brutal this episode was. But very interesting thing that shows up somewhere around the 19-minute mark that somehow you see a freighter landing, and it appears yeah, so it's the Imperial TIE carrier prison transport from Rebels. Did you guys notice that? I missed that. If, I uh, I so have to go if back. You go to about, if you go to about 19 minutes in the third episode... Okay. Um, in the background, like when it's panning over the the, the port, okay. you see a freighter land. It has no texture, but I am almost positive it's the Wookiee slave transport we see in uh, Spark okay. Rebellion. Got it. I know the one you're talking about, the one that has the four TIE fighters underneath. Yeah, and like I okay. love that, that ship's design because I thought it was really cool. It actually shows up again on the uh, Separatist ship in the hangar bay in the next uh -huh. episode. But it makes me wonder if either, like, were some of these animatics worked on after Rebels got started? Like, was that added in later, perhaps? Or was that ship actually taken from the Clone Wars? Was that its original purpose? Really? Okay, I gotta, I gotta go back. I have to go back this. and see yeah, it. No, like, do it right now. It's, yeah. it's I, like, okay, I want to hear your wait. reaction. So please, go, go but do it. But in the meantime, we can, we can move yeah. on. Yeah, we can okay. move on. While, while I'm pulling it up and discuss the next part, because... What happens? The governor naturally betrays the Jedi. Of course. Aren't they always betrayed? That's just I think that's just what happens to Jedi at this point. Yeah. I mean it's no surprise. You know, and of course, uh, you know, it's it probably says something about the old republic that most people when given a decision end up betraying you. Probably says something about why, you know, you had people fight against you in the first place. Or your government completely fell apart? <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Yeah, um, we get a little more battle droid humor, and the yeah, episode so ends with kind of a surprise there. Steven, go ahead. Well, so go ahead. we're skipping ahead. So the the Jedi think they're safe. They get betrayed. 
Uh, they're surrounded by uh, Grievous, Magna Guards, everything. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, they're captured. Or Sorry, Grievous hasn't arrived just yet. He's on his way. Right. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan leap into action after the crystal gets taken away. They lose access to the crystal. They leap into action, uh, you know, defeat the droids, take hostages, negotiate their release, and off they go. <laughs> but, uh, but not before... There Grievous kills the governor. Yep, another one dead. In another very brutal, brutal scene. Mm-hmm. Stabs him um, right through. It's it's incredible. Incredible how many people in these episodes basically have lost their lives in the service of the separatist movement. Don't you think they would have known better by now that it's not going to end well? You would think okay. that. <sighs> yeah, guys. you would think that. I know. But that leads into the episode four, The Big Bang. This was written by Danny, Danny Keller and directed by Daniel Arkin. Fortune cookie is, if that, at first I you might don't have see... That, hang on, sorry. I think I have that backwards. I Because oh. Daniel Arkin was definitely the writer for yes. the, the entire arc. So yeah. I oh, okay. I, that's the other way around. And directed by Danny Keller. Okay. Yes. Thank me. you for the correction. No, that's that, okay. That was my fault. No, but you know what? It's late. It's understandable. Um, anyway... So it, the funny thing is, and I love this fortune cookie, because you'd think you'd expect the natural end to this first part where it says, is, is, at fir is if at first you don't succeed, you don't expect to be it followed by destroy it. <laughs> I like that little twist. I, I, that popped yeah. up. I was like, wait, what? That yeah. doesn't sound very Jedi-like at all. It's not the... Yeah, yeah exactly. Actually, that's yeah. an ex excellent point as well. It's not very Jedi-like, but... No, it's not. It's a nice twist on the, the common saying, uh, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. But right, no, this but, is just, eh, destroy it. But but there, there's a reason, because, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin, they have to do all they can to prevent that big kyber crystal into following into General Grievous's hands. So I can understand why destroy it is at that first part of the fortune cookie. I'm last part of the fortune cookie. Indeed. Indeed. So, makes perfect sense. Yeah, so Obi-Wan starts out by seeking the advice of the council. And I love, they reprimand Obi-Wan for being cavalier. And Obi-Wan just immediately turns to Anakin like, really? I like, like that. They, they tell me, but not you, really? Right. Just the way they interacted throughout this episode was, as I've said, way I too much. I think they were just tired of telling uh, Anakin just to not be cavalier. They're like, we can tell Obi-Wan. Well, you know, they, there's that saying, you know, never give an order you know won't be followed. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's what's happening here. Yeah, and I actually I will say um, I was a little bit surprised um, with with this episode when I watched it initially. There was a a bug with the timestamps on StarWars.com, mm -hmm. and they had you know the four videos going across the the page on the Clone Wars the Clone Wars Legacy page, and each says like you know about twenty two twenty three minutes long, which is your standard Clone War, uh, Clone Wars episode. But um, the the last video number four had a running time of like. 20 seconds or a minute something like that maybe mm. two minutes and so when i was originally looking at the page i assumed oh well it's obviously like a clip of something uh and so when crystal crisis ended i was like that's not much of an ending what what happened here was that that's the end of the arc and i clicked on the next video i'm like oh it's actually 22 minutes long that makes so much more sense so I, I, I'm looking at they they fixed it now, but there was a little bit of confusion at least for me there initially. So anyway, back to the back to the episode. 
Uh, but we get so we get this nice heated chase through the Separatist fleet. Uh, the droids with the crystal are in the uh, Nemoidian shuttle style ship. Anakin and Obi-Wan are in another freighter of some kind that we've never seen before. Which Grievous was a pretty follow- cool design. Yeah, I thought it was neat. Uh, Grievous following up from the rear in his classic Starfighter, which I don't think we've actually seen in a while. It's been a while, I think. Because we've normally seen him on his battle cruisers. We've, we've hardly seen him in his ship. Yeah, it's very rare for him to be leading from the front at this point in the, in the war, I feel. Nor should he be. I mean, he's the commander. You don't usually put the commander out on the front lines. but no. So we get a nice little um, chase here through the Separatist fleet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a number five special. An- which... Another moment where I'm convinced they, they had written this stuff that they didn't think was ever going to be aired, and they wanted to bring it back in Rebels. Like, hey, yeah. remember when we had that episode where Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, talked about, like, having a number five special, and they both knew what that meant? Let's use that for the Rebels. They'll have a, let's say, a number 22. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you could be right. And actually, that was a really great moment in in Rebels as well. Yeah, yeah it was. So, who knows? There might be some sort of connection there. I, I yeah. would love to see what all has been reused from the two. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But it, it, what I found fascinating in this number five special was, let's take this freighter, let's basically set it to ram into the sublight engine. I mean, the uh, star drive. Um, God, why am I? Hyperdrive, thank you. The hyperdrive engines of the um, Separatist ship. And at that last moment, let's jump into the escape pods and we'll have ride the escape pods into the hangar bay. A little bit of a problem here. Obi-Wan was able to get out first, but Anakin had a problem getting his, his hatch closed. And right when Anakin ejected, he went into the wrong hangar bay. Where <laughs> Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan falls into like the kerfuffle of literally battle droids and buzz droids and everything, whereas Anakin ends up in a nice, quiet hangar bay. Yep. <laughs> and then naturally, here's Obi-Wan saying, you know what? He's straying at Grievous, Starfighters, Dritekas. And looks at Grievous and says, I demand your surrender. I thought that was just a great line. That's also, Obi-Wan, though. He also had that other one, like, Anakin's like, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything. I'm, I'm fine. Obi-Wan's just like, you're in the wrong hangar. Yep. <laughs> so, such a great uh, moment. Because, you know, Anakin loves being where the action is, and somehow he gets in the wrong hangar and has to make his way back. Um, Although, <coughs> excuse me, something sorry. puzzling me. Now, like, it just occurred to me. So there are no humans, for the most part, on uh, these ships, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So when you get intruders, why don't you just vent the atmosphere? You don't need it on a droid ship. That is true. That's I, like, true. I was sitting there, and like, like, Obi-Wan's in the hangar. And, like, it happened because I saw when Anakin went into the hangar, the, the base shield goes up. Right. Why? There's nothing in there that needs it. We know you've no. got a Jedi there. Let Absolutely. him out. Actually, yeah, that would have been pretty smart on their end if they just uh, vented the hangar bay because not much the, the Jedi could do at that point. They would have died mm. and uh, would have been over pretty quickly. But, you know, where's the that fun would... in that, right? Yeah, because yeah. you'd have no story after that point. They're over. Done. And then, so Grievous squares off with Obi-Wan and puts him down incredibly quickly. Like, yes. I thought this was going to be a drawn-out fight between Grievous and Obi-Wan. No, it was over in like 10 seconds. Yeah, and then then he takes a chance of let's put him in a holding cell instead of classic villainous mistake. Do he just hold the Armani or the uh, Stugi earlier? Kill them. We know you want him dead. Why? Just 
Just it. do it. Sorry. You right. have the lightsabers on both sides of his head. Just get it over with. Take him down. Done. But nope. They have to lock him up. And what ends up happening? Anakin rescues him. Yeah, so we first get a nice scene where Anakin gets uh, gets Obi-Wan's lightsaber back. And this episode had a thing about droids being cut in two and having both parts remain alive. But Here we got lot... some droid legs like walking through the wall before Anakin right. kicks it. Later on, there's this, the one that stuck out to me was a droid's legs on fire walking down a corridor and its upper body dragging itself down the corridor screaming uh, for it to come back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But there was a lot of droid humor in this episode. There was. There actually was. And I, I have to say, it was actually, it wasn't as terrible. It relied no. a lot on visual humor, which I think is much better than the, the vocal humor the droids are more well known for. Yep. But, and again, like, favorite part of uh, all of this was... Uh, Obi-Wan is being escorted to the execution room. And at first I love he's like, he's like, you guys have a room just for execution. <laughs> yes. and I was like, wait, yeah. Why and wouldn't like, wait, you? wait, according to the Yavin code, you have to blindfold me. As Where determined did... at the Yavin convention. Where did that come from? I was, I was dying. Cause I thought Obi was making it up on the spot. And then Anakin shows up. He's like, let me guess you were citing the Yavin code. And like, like this is something yeah. he does regularly. Yeah, and, and it's like you like no one knows about that because it was it's millennia old. I'm like I I just love the fact that this is apparently a real thing. Yeah, I I, mean, I will have to go around. Not that this happens to me in daily life, but I have to start quoting the Yavin convention at some yeah. point. That's very funny. And part of me That's wonders if funny. like you know if, if I guess if it was millennia old, nobody remembers it. So it really doesn't affect the fact that you know people don't really remember the planet Yavin anymore. Uh, so it doesn't really impact the the rebellion later on, but yeah, it was a it was a pretty great moment. Yeah. Uh, he's then, citing this Yavin code. <laughs> and then actually... immediately followed by another amazing line. Yep. And, you There's... know, Anakin takes the lightsaber back, hands it to Obi Wan, like straight out of Episode Two. Obi Wan, this weapon is your life. Don't yep. lose it. I'm surprised Obi Wan yep. just didn't go. You. <sighs> Just a sigh. Yeah, exactly. Sigh. I did really love the interaction between Anakin and Obi-Wan in this arc. These were the moments that were, I wish, this is what episode two should have been. Like, just, I wish, I want to see more of this because when seeing Obi-Wan and Anakin acting like the father-son, brother-brother relationship they have, makes episode three so much more impactful. Yes, it does. To know that these two Jedi, these two friends are so close to each other and to so horribly end up on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially the impact of the second episode when they had that conversation on the planes. And then from that, you just continue following the story arc into the third episode and into the fourth episode. It really does give a lot of weight to that relationship between the two of them. Yeah, it makes what yep. happens to them even more heartbreaking. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so Obi-Wan and Anakin chase after the crystal, which now has been locked in this giant vault, and they manage to sneak in, and they get locked inside. Yep. But it's okay. What? Obi-Wan has an amazing plan. We're going to wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but it does pay off, because you've got Grievous. You know, you find out, first off, the battle droids can't find the Jedi, so Grievous is like send a full battalion to protect the crystal. And what ends up happening, they're waiting paid off because as soon as the door opens, there's a full battalion of battle droids right in front of them. And, yeah. And of course they, uh, they try to use the, uh, the crystal as a battering ram 
to escape the vault that they're they're captured in, they're, they're locked inside of. Um, and you know they're they're now running down the hallway, uh, or actually not running down the hallway, basically barreling through the bulkhead with this with this crystal, like blowing holes in the walls. Ah, uh, that was just. As they're uh, running it, it through this Like, where are they? They're they're in section C. Well, what corridor? They're they're making their own corridor. <laughs> and then and then wasn't that the part in which right, right after I think the droid says that you see them run behind Grievous yep. because yes. and Obi Wan just gives this this cocky little wave. He just wave like ah you, you know you don't see me. Yeah, it is just it is the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, on so many levels, this was a great episode, and and it gets to the point where it's like that's where I think you got to the point where, you know. If the Jedi can't take this, then the Separatists can't take this. So Obi-Wan came up with the best way to destroy the crystal and the Separatists at the same time. He starts jumping from hover tank to hover tank because that crystal will bring in energy and start expelling it out, you know, intensely expels it out. So he's got those hover tanks sitting there shooting at the crystal while Anakin's got the shuttle to make the escape. And that crystal just starts blowing everything up because it's just radiating back and this is where you see the brutality of the battle droids just disintegrating from this crystal yep. yeah and it was it's interesting because i don't i'm not sure i buy that shooting the crystal a lot will destroy it i am not convinced that it blew up in that at the end there i think uh, it you blew think it's up. still around well i, I mean you're talking about a crystal shot. that intensifies energy that i mean it's possible it has a breaking point but i didn't see it crack into a into or get disintegrated so until you know, it's the until I see a body. As far as no I'm body, concerned, no crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good point. But when that crystal blew up and it took out the the ship, it took out some other ships as well. I mean, that's how really, it was a really cool explosion. Yeah, it really was. So and then you know they were able to get out, and that's at the point to where we finally see Grievous chasing them out of that ship before it blows. But you know that Grievous at this point escaped. Grievous is pissed. Oh yeah. He, he is tired of these Jedi ruining his ships. Yep. But and when you get this nice little scene at the end where Anakin and Obi-Wan are talking to uh, the Jedi Council, kind of debriefing, and Yoda makes this really cool mention about, you know, how there are these stories about massive kyber crystals that, you know, power this Jedi and Sith wars. I, I really want to know what sort of what sort of weapons are we talking about? Yep. Not only that, but he, he makes a reference to uh, I, I actually have to find it because it's not in the show notes, but I feel like it's a very important thing. And it's, it's along the lines of, of what you said. He said, out of the stories of old, this crystal comes long ago in forgotten times when Sith and Jedi fought for control of the galaxy. Weapons there were of unimaginable power. Always at their cart, a kyber crystal was. Yep. Just like the one you described. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Anakin says, "Oh, you're you're speaking of children's stories and fairy tales," and and Yoda says, "In legends, we often find great truth." Right. And see, that line there, I don't know if it was intentional or not. I, oh, I, I almost feel like they had to have recorded this um, after you're April. talking about the EU because exactly, I see where you're going with it. The, the EU has been renamed Star Wars Legends, right? It's all legends now, and he says in legends we often find great truths. And you know the it, the whole I idea of legends of is that you know what it exists. It you just brought it up. Yeah, the whole yeah. idea is you know yes, the EU has been overwritten. It doesn't exist anymore as it was, but it's all still 
happened. And as long as it didn't right. get overwritten, some of it might be a fairy tale, you mm-hmm. know, or, or children's stories. But some of it is probably true. And in legends, we find great truths. And, I, and so I thought, I wonder if like, because it's like, it's like one of the last lines of the episode. It is, it closes it out so well. Yeah. And I'm almost like, that had to have been added after the fact. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe just a coincidence. But it could. I don't know. That's that's actually a really good point. It gave me chills when I heard that. I'm like, they're talking about the EU here. Mm-hmm. And you know, so the other thing I took from that is I wonder, like, I feel like we've heard about Kyber crystals a lot in the Clone Wars. It's definitely come up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I think. I wonder if we're gonna see more with Kyber crystals. Like, it's possible. They, they're. It's possible. They're the equivalent of the Infinity Stones for the Star Wars universe. These, you know, objects of varying sizes that are used for nefarious purposes. Like, hey, we need our villain to try and steal something that's really powerful. Well, Kyber Crystal. I wonder if we might see more of these later. You're going to have to at least see one of them if Ezra is going to have a lightsaber. So he's got to build a lightsaber out of something. Well, they don't, and... they don't all need to be kyber crystals for a lightsaber, I don't believe. Okay. But, but I think Anakin did say at some point in this episode that a kyber crystal is at the heart of a, of a lightsaber. Oh, yeah, you're right. He does. He says something along those lines. Right. Yeah. He says something along those lines. I, at the end of this episode, was I, I was kind of expecting to hear at least Yoda come up and say when they were talking about legends and, and fairy tales and all that, remember... Yoda said in the features when as old as I am, but what I would have liked to, because he's so old to have some kind of connection to that tale to say that, yes, I do know in the past, it is a thing, a fairy tale, but from an experience because of how old I am, I have seen something like this or some kind of callback instead of just being a quote unquote, I understand the legend thing. I, I get what you're saying. That is a really cool thing to saying that the legend universe technically within fairy tale did happen, if that's how we're going to read it. Mm-hmm. But to have a little bit of reality thrown in there because Yoda being so old. Right. That would have been cool, too, actually. Yeah. yeah. But it's I think it was a good episode. <laughs> yeah, well, I, don't know well, where, I, I was going to say something, and then I realized I had no idea where I was going with it. But no, <laughs> the, the whole arc was just. Agreed. The first episode was slow, but as soon as it hit its stride in the second, third, and fourth episode, especially mm-hmm. the second episode, just outstanding. Yep. Yeah. Well, are we are we ready to rate it? I think we are. I think so. Now, are we going to rate all of the episodes together? Together. I, I think it's a giant okay. story arc. It, it's a giant okay. story arc. We, we because label it as unfinished. Arc. You know, and yes. yep. and in some no, ways, that's... what you could say, oh, it's not fair to to rate an unfinished. Uh, you know, arc of, of a TV show. Like they never actually released it, but you know what? It's canon. Well, yeah, it's it canon, and, and you know what? It's good enough that we're not rating it based on the visuals. Nope. Right? We're rating it based on the story. Honestly. Yep. Canon. We and and we still get it. a great idea yes, of like, we do. you know, what the um the camera angles would have been, and the pacing, yeah. and the the acting, and that all still comes through. The only thing it's not there is the visuals. And if you close right. your eyes. You wouldn't really notice a difference. Well, you still get the credits and the play. intro and exactly, it's yeah, a radio it's, it's, play with like, uh, it, it's better than if they just done like, you know, artwork, right? It's actually moving in some ways and right. some basic animation. This is, this is what I would have loved to have seen with Maul, like oh. the same. So like, I don't need to see yes. finished visuals. I want to see yes. like, when you imagine the scene, how did you frame it? Right. Like, 
So for like in the first episode when Obi-Wan and Anakin are talking and they're flying around the sinkhole kind of circling down, really cool vi- scene visually would not have been nearly as good in a comic. No. Like you get this is like the reason they do these is because this is how the director looks at an episode and says, yeah, you know, this is kind of what I'm imagining it should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at its bare bones, I... like this is what it should be. Yeah. And I think for the mall arc, it would have been more impactful to hear Sam Witwer actually be Maul. Yeah. To hear yeah, the voice acting true. with it. And the comic works. It gets the story across, but you're missing the other aspect of it. Sound effects, music, voice. That's what you're missing from it. Right. And so I'm really curious to see how the, the Ventress arc uh, plays out in, in the novel that'll be coming yeah. out from Christy Golden because, um, you know, and I, 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 I personally, I, I like the, the TV show and the books more than I do um, more than I do the, the comics. And in, in the book, you'll be able to get more into, into Ventress's head, which would be really cool. Yep. Um, yep. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yep. But you know what? Even even though they have released, um, they have released the Darth Maul arc, and they will be releasing the Ventress arc in comic and book form. I, I hope they release it uh, as a story reel as well. At least I, mean, I don't know how far they went. Right? Maybe it was just a script. But yeah. release Maybe. whatever you have. It. This shows we'll we'll take anything. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. Yep. Like they probably. Did they have to do a lot of mixing for the sound and and editing everything together? Obviously, they put some credits in. They put the opening in. Um, More of this, please. I'm sure they already had a lot of this done. So I'm really curious exactly how much effort it was on their part to to release this, uh, how expensive it was. But more, please. Yeah, exactly as you said. So ratings. Ratings. Um, Who's up? I'll start. I'll go Go first for a while. So I, I was going to mention this at the beginning, actually, and I forgot that. So in the very beginning, Clone Wars was a uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka show. They were very often the three of them together. And as we went on further and further, Obi-Wan and Anakin started to rarely appear in the same stories. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I was starting to miss. And this, is, this was the episode that, that shows me why. Obi-Wan and Anakin, when they're when they're written well and voiced well like they were here, they play off each other amazingly. The banter, the camaraderie, the teamwork, it all fits together into what makes for an amazing episode. And like this episode showed it. It was it was fantastic. Yep. Um, it's unfinished, but honestly, it I didn't notice. Like the animation would have been lacking. I would have loved to have seen some of the scenes act out, but I could there was enough there that I could see what the directors intended. I could feel the Star Wars vision kind of percolating through my brain. Uh, so I'm going to have to give this nine and a half Womp Rats. Uh, but they're all kind of very crudely animated Womp Rats. They're not fully finished, but they're just <laughs> kind of wandering around going about their daily life. They're waiting, They're waiting, hoping that someday someone will come back and make more of them. Okay. That metaphor fell apart. But yeah. <laughs> 9.5. Okay. Okay. I'll go next. Sounds good. Um, I'm going to make it short and sweet. Um, I think Steven said an awful lot of what I said, not to piggyback on what you said, but which I guess I just did. But I loved it for what it was. I saw it for what it was. It was one of the best arcs between Obi-Wan and Anakin, I think right now, out of all of the Clone Wars. And because it hit upon the topic of Ahsoka, 
and it did it with such perfect heart and feel that it made this arc very impactful. And just the banter between the two of them after that point, you definitely see the the fall of Anakin, how much it hurt Obi-Wan when he was on Mustafar. I am giving this a 9.5. I am going to take my 9.5 Womp Rats. I'm going to put them in front of that hover cart to try and pull the uh, Kyber Crystal. And to tell you the truth, they will not be able to pull that thing one inch because they are going to be straining like you wouldn't believe. And they're going to keep straining to try and get the thing out of the ship. So I'm going to put them to work. If I'm going to put something in front of them to kind of motivate them, like that little fruit thingy that the other beast did, I don't know. But there you go. 9.5 for me. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll go next or last, I guess, in this case. Um, I got to echo everybody else. Uh, I really, really, really loved this arc. It's too bad it could not, be, could not have been finished. But you know what? I'm okay with this. Yeah, it's rough. It, it's not visually polished, but the music is there. The, the acting is there. The 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 every the, the core of Star Wars is there, right? Everything except the polished visuals, and your mind can can do that, right? Yep. And so, I, I think they did such a great job, and and kind of addressing Ahsoka, even though we don't know what happens to her, at least Anakin and Obi Wan address it, um, and, and and really have this amazing foreshadowing, and such a great story with the Kyber Crystal, and and they 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 did Grievous so well in this arc, and. I just, I, I couldn't get enough. I, lo- I loved this so much. Um, and I think it's, it we're really, really fortunate that, that Lucasfilm and Disney put this on starwars.com for us to watch. Um, so I'm going to make it unanimous and uh, do 9.5 Womp Rats out of 10. And um, it'll be, uh, my Womp Rats are going to play a little game where they're going to spin, spin, spin a wheel and depending on which one they get, They'll either get uh, a lightsaber um, uh, to the head with a uh, by you know using oh. the force, or or they're going to be impaled. One of the two by by Grievous. How you never cruel. really know what's going to happen. How um, cruel! But there's nine and a half Womp Rats, um, so they they get to take turns with with what's going on here. By the way, I I know that we posted on our Facebook page about the new Star Wars Lego sets coming out for 2015. Did you see that 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 T sixteen hopper? There's a womp rat in that. Really? They actually, have a womp rat Lego. I think we're gonna need to pick up one of these things. I think we are because that T sixteen hopper, it's just it's a little womp rat. Okay, I'm considering it a womp rat. It doesn't matter, rat womp rat. It's Star Wars universe, as you could tell. It's my son in the background. So, <laughs> anyway. I, I, I take it we're done, aren't we? I think we are. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing. And you know, it was unanimous. Yeah. 9.5s all around. Just shows and you it, how great this arc very, really was. Very well deserved. I mean, for, for what it was, even I look at Grievous had no, naturally he has no reaction in his face, but even when they had Dooku in the hologram, you could still see without any reaction in his face how menacing he was when he was talking to that Subi leader. And the same thing with Grievous because of a camera angle they had with him that even though there was nothing there, you could still get that feel of menace in him from the story reel. Yeah. So that says an awful lot about what they did for releasing this and by how they were, they were working on this 
during the story reel process and the story process. It was great. So I, I'm very happy that, that Lucas did release this to StarWars.com. More, please. <laughs> please. Yeah. Indeed. So I think that that brings us to the end of our review of yep. uh, of the Utapau arc. Fantastic. Fantastic arc. Um, and we'll be back in just a few days. I mean, we've, we've had a ton, a ton of content for you guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Hopefully that makes up for our drought. Uh, I mean, in the last, really in the last week, we've had uh, eight episodes, I think. I think so. Um, yeah, almost nine, I guess, uh, in, in a few days. Yep. So hope you guys are enjoying it and being able, and able to stay on top of uh, of, of the, the the flood of, uh, of Ion Cannon content. And uh, tell um, your friends, spread the word, email us, Facebook us. Yep. And uh, definitely check out our, in, our outro uh, where we have all that, all that stuff. Um, we'd love to talk to you guys. We really do. So yeah. send us a message and uh, we want to thank you guys for listening as always. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or their respective trademark or copyrights. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2014.